up everyone welcome to episode one of the zach franklin show this is number 11 of our weekly uh meetups and we're trying something different today uh so with me is a good friend of mine ryan uh out in the netherlands he is a rock star shopify uh seller he does bitcoin he does business brokering um we have a lot of similar stuff going on in the fact that we both used to teach English in Korea. We uh, we both end up living on the same street in Bangkok, and we knew a lot of the pe- same people. We went to the same dinner without even realizing it. And um, yeah, whenever I need help with a lot of my hot ticket dropshipping, Ryan's usually the first guy I go to. So I'm excited to kind of bring him into kind of the Amazon world and present kind of lessons that you can learn from a different point of view than just everyone doing the same Amazon stuff. Um, yeah, so over to Ryan, introduce us a little bit and uh, tell us how your 2020 was. Oh, nice. All right, cool. My uh, First of all, I introduced myself a little bit to one table, right? So I introduced myself a little bit to, to who I am. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I'll do another kind of broad stroke for the people who didn't, were at that table. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm from DC, so, you know, American, I live overseas in Netherlands right now. Um, and I've been doing e-commerce for not, you know, my whole life. I've been interested for about 10 years and, and working towards this goal. But I really kind of uh, uh, broke, broke free. I broke free about three years ago, about three years ago. And that's where things have been just going up and up and up since. So last year, uh, the website, uh, my main website did about $2 million in revenue, Um Strictly with with you know Google Ads and shopping, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been uh, a wild ride. <laughs> I've been able to upgrade my housing situation quite a bit because of it. It's been nice. I went from I went from that living in Bangkok. I was in a studio apartment with two mm-hmm. two people, myself and my girlfriend, my partner, just down the street from where you live. And now I have a huge penthouse. It's it's a whole different yeah. story. Amsterdam or not? Netherlands penthouse, but yesterday, yeah, yesterday, wild. And by the way, guys, I have seen inside Ryan's ad account, inside Ryan Shopify. These are not BS numbers. He sends me like a screenshot every month. Um, so this is all like actually verified. Um, there are a lot of people that you know don't really know what high ticket dropshipping is. Maybe you could give us like the 30, 40 second overview of what it is. And how is it different from everything else? Yeah, the, the main the main difference I would say is uh, high ticket drop shipping, right? So just that those four words together, high ticket just means that this thing costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't know, people always use this kind of uh, well. Let's we'll go there in a second. But high ticket is it's more expensive, and drop shipping is you don't carry inventory, right? So it, that's a really easy explanation. For, for in high ticket versus low ticket, a lot of people make the comparison of like, oh, if you make uh, 20% on $10 versus 20% on $100, oh, you're, you're mar- it's, it's the same thing. It's one sale. So it takes the same amount of effort. I don't really follow that logic because it's a whole different market. It's a whole different product. It's a whole different way of approaching yeah, it the game. really is an incredibly different way to approach the game. I have four high ticket sites as well. And the challenges and successes are a lot different, but it's it's nice only having to deal with like two or three customer issues instead of like a couple hundred. 
Oh, it gets crazy, man. When the, when like the site gets maybe 300 or 400 emails a day. <laughs> it's crazy. There's, I, I, I look, sometimes I just refresh the inbox and it's like, there's like four or five yeah. new emails. It's really, it's crazy. And then another thing with high ticket is people love to do it with phone calls, you know, so you mm. get a lot of phone calls. You have to make a lot of phone calls in this business. It's very much like a people business. Versus a lot of the low ticket stuff, which is much more just ad driven and impulse buys. Yeah, I well, it's different because impulse buy for a millionaire is going to be different than an impulse buy for your average dude. You know what I'm saying? So some of the stuff could still technically be an impulse buy. Uh, The the real the real thing is like, um, oh, it's just a whole different it's a whole different game. So Mm -hmm. for people who want to get involved in, in high ticket, they can look really the minimum price point is about $700, right? You agree about 700 mm-hmm. and then upwards of as much as you want, but there has to be a market who are going to buy that product, right? You have to know who your market is. And, yeah. And so right. for a lot of your products, what's kind of your AOV? Uh, I don't even know, man. Let's check. <laughs> it's high. It's high. Live, live Shopify stats. Let's say, let's see like, uh, I don't even know where the AOV is displayed. I, I would, I'm going to go with an estimate. I'm going to say about, I'm just going to take like an average of my last, let's say, I don't know, 20 sales or something like that, something like that. Let me just take a look. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read off some numbers. That would be really accurate. I think. Hold on. Give me a second. <clears throat> yeah. So 659, uh, we got a few over a thousand dollars. We got a few, like sixty-nine, I'd say between seven hundred and three, four thousand. Nice. You know, that's I have a few products that are like I got one for five thousand from you know a few days ago. So I have a few that are like really eight, nine thousand dollars, but they don't sell you know incredibly frequently. Once a month. What does it feel to wake up and see like a five thousand dollar order notification on your phone? Because that's my favorite part of this whole business. It's great. It's fantastic. And it's even better when all the back end work is done by other people. Like when you have, when you have, like you see it and you're like, oh, that's cool. Thank you. And you just keep moving. You know, yeah, it's the <laughs> notification. Yeah. It really gets wild, man. It really gets, and, and your life changes. That's the big thing is your quality of life increases greatly. Yeah. So if you want to live in a penthouse in the Netherlands, you know what to do. Um, <laughs> Cool. So most uh, people listening to this are probably going to be Amazon sellers. And I think um, you found some interesting solutions to problems that a lot of Amazon sellers have, which is you sell primarily seasonal products that are very popular in the summer. And in the winter, not a lot of people are going to buy your main product. So let's talk a little bit about how are you making money the whole year and how are you finding ways around selling just one particular seasonal niche. Mm, yeah, that's interesting, man. I, um, it, it wasn't, it was a natural organic thing, right? Because what happened was my website, uh, when I first started it, I didn't know if it would be successful or not, right? You start something new. There's always fear, doubt. You don't know if it's going to do well. You just have a vision for this thing and you're like, well, this is going to work. And you just do it out of some madness or whatever, it inspires people to do things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you just do it with some not certainty that's going to work. So uh, as I, as I built the site, it was primarily focused on a, a seasonal product. And then I was like, Oh man, I went through one season and I said, Oh no, the next season, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I build another site or I was like, Hmm, I already have all the leverage in the brand for this one. 
maybe there's another way to, to, to kind of expand the product, you know, listing and categories. So what I did was I said, okay, well, if I take this item, what are other items that the people who buy this would buy? And then what would they buy during this season? So they're not, it's the same market, but what would they buy in the winter, for example, or in the spring or in the summer? So then I just added these products. And then as the seasons came, I just prepare uh, now, for example, for the spring. And then in the fall, I prepared for the winter and then, and so forth. And so I just prepare all of the next things for that next season, the, 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 the about three months beforehand. Yeah, um, I've seen his site and his product ranges, and he does some really, really smart um, decisions here and really added a lot of complimentary products people would use in other seasons than the summer. Um, when he said, oh, I'm selling this one product, I'm like, wait, you are? And then I go on and find it on his site, and it's just ingenious, um, you know, very good use of selling products that are seasonal for every season. Um, Can I add one thing to that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to add uh, one thing is that when you're doing, um, uh, how do I say it? When you're doing the, the seasonal products, right? The, the demand is really great uh, for the customers because they want it during that season. So there's just, uh, I, I guess it's just the definition yeah. of seasonal products, right? Is that some things are going to sell during this time and then and some are going to sell during that time. And the thing is that as I had one product that sold really well, then that that website didn't just become a one product shop. It became a brand in, in some weird way. So yeah. because customers saw that the, I was selling this one thing really well, then they were like, they, they're, they're more likely to trust the brand to buy other stuff. Like if you go to Walmart, you, you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. other things because they like the brand. What, what I think is really interesting with doing drop shipping for this is for Amazon, when people are thinking about buying holiday products, like Christmas products, Halloween products, stuff like this, they're really scared to do it for the most part because they know the demand is huge, but they're afraid of being stuck with the inventory. And what's cool about dropshipping is that you're not going to be stuck with this inventory that's left unsold. And so a lot of the time, it could be an easy add-on, I think, for a lot of sellers in here selling seasonal products. It's actually dropship um, additional products during the season. Um, you know, if you're on your, your own website, you can sell other brands on your website and it can be an okay way to add a lot of revenue. Hell yeah. Uh, and, and also I don't, I mean, I think I'm scared if I had to carry inventory, man, I was considering it like earlier. <laughs> I, was, I know that most people are doing that, but if I had to carry inventory, I don't, I would, it would be such a burden for me. I couldn't imagine doing it with, with this model, maybe with the Amazon model, it fits better because the, the items are a thousand for half a penny each or something, you know what I'm saying? But if you're buying a $4,000 item, I'm not going to keep 20 of those in my warehouse. Yeah, so we'll touch maybe for three to four minutes just on, on your Google ad kind of strategy just because I think people listening in are shocked that you can do all of this just with Google Shopping. You don't use Google text ads. You don't use Facebook ads. You sometimes use email. Um I don't yeah. even use email at all these days, man. I, I haven't, bro, bro, I, I, dude, it's so, I, I, there's a lot of things that I need to grow on the site, right? Because I've been doing a few other things. So the, the, e, the, the opt-in just mm -hmm. like gives them a, a small little coupon code and it gets like, I don't know, a lot. There's thousands of people that have never emailed. And that's like a huge thing that I haven't even, the site does so well without that, you know? Right. So it's a, a revenue, uh, an added revenue bonus. 
Yeah, I think um, one of the things, you know, like you have the spin to win kind of thing on Mm -hmm. your Shopify site, right? Every time I see one of those, I think it's so gimmicky. How can it ever work? And everyone that has ever used it says it works like absolutely crazy. Like gangbusters, right? It's it's really strange because I would think the same thing originally. And the only reason that I even tested it is because I was doing uh, brokerage work at the time. And I kept noticing that all of the small e-commerce people, like the businesses that people were coming to me with, they all had it, all the good ones that were coming to me because I saw their financials and I saw their site and I knew exactly what they were doing because I was listing the business for sale as a broker. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, all of them have this wonder wheel. It's got to be a thing to use. So I started using it and it, 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 um, it works well. Yeah, it's great. So what are some of the CPCs you were using maybe a year ago? What are some of the CPCs you're seeing now? I know you've gotten more aggressive on, on bidding on Google ads, but uh, I think a lot of people want to know what is that like. Definitely, definitely. I I follow a different strategy, man. Like I'm not looking. I know that most people buy the number one thing, like the number one slot, right? But I don't want to pay five dollars for a click. That's insanity. Like I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to find other ways to get traffic. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, what I like to do is I start off at a really low, because what was going on when I first started the site, I had some cash, but it was like draining my wallet, just constantly ads being spent. I was Mm -hmm. still working on the site, so it wasn't really converting so well in the beginning. I had to make a lot of tweaks and adjustments. And so I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm spending like, even let's say $300, $400 a day. If a week, that's like a grand that's just poof, gone. Like what, yeah, just fairy dust. It's like, this is ridiculous. So like what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna scale everything down and I'm just going to put rather than whatever Google estimates or whatever they estimate, I'm going to put everything on manual. I'm not going to use any sort of enhanced, you know, whatever. And I'm going to put the bid down what I think is appropriate. <laughs> like, I'm, I think I would like to pay about five cents. I'm not paying a dollar. I, I want to pay five. So I put mm-hmm. it at five cents. No conversions. Okay, no traffic. All right, I put, I'll go for 10 cents. Okay, I put it 10 cents. And I just crept, crept up from the opposite direction. And then eventually I found the sweet spot of like 20, 25 to 30 cents. And that's the range that just works. Yeah. So I think most Amazon sellers hearing that you're paying 20 cents selling thousand dollar items and it still works are kind of freaking out a little bit, you know, because they're paying about $5 a click for like a $20 product. <laughs> and they're seeing Jeff Bezos get a lot richer. And um, so for a lot of sellers, if you haven't started Google Shopping, CPCs are still very cheap and it's very targeted traffic. I always, yeah, I always looked at it like, um, so when I was in uh, high school, I started selling on eBay. That was Mm -hmm. my first kind of profitable internet thing, you know? So I would just like uh, go on Craigslist, find people who had shit, buy it. This was before Gary V. I was doing this way back in the day. And I was, I was just getting stuff on Craigslist, just seeing what I had and then just selling it on eBay. Right. And um, I noticed that I, quickly I got I got bored with eBay. You know, it's not the same as Amazon, but it is a marketplace, and they're going to charge fees and they're going to do all these things to control their marketplace. And I think that people are coming there with the intent to buy, right? They're, they're coming to Amazon, they're going to eBay with the mindset I'm going to buy something. But if you just have your own website, they're coming with the intent to shop. It's a slightly different 
variation, right? So it's a bit harder or it takes a little bit of a different, a little bit more of a, a, a detailed approach to get somebody to convert on your own site compared to converting on Amazon. Because on Amazon, they're already in the mental state of buying something. They're going there to buy, you know? And so you have to uh, elicit the buying response from people on your own site rather than them just happen to be already be in the state to buy on Amazon or, or eBay. So I felt like it was a natural progression. Like it's good to have an Amazon or eBay store and then event. And then the next step up, I think is to have your own website that sells the products you sell on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then you can market it differently. Great. How many different campaigns do you think you have set up on Google shopping? Four, 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 four. High priority, medium priority, low priority, remarketing. Yep, me too. Yeah. Everyone thinks you need to have like 10,000 different campaigns going. A lot of Amazon sellers I talk to are going to have like 200 campaigns for like five products. Um, but on Google Shopping, it can be as easy as as two or three campaigns. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, it's really wild. And not only that, not only that, sometimes some some people who are in this market who do this sort of thing might run text ads to their top selling products based on the, the keywords they got from the Google shopping. Right. So there's that there's always that avenue for growth. I haven't really pursued it too much, but it's something that I'm thinking about in the next few months, probably. Yeah. Um, cool. So one thing that um Ryan has been able to help me out with quite a bit. And one thing that he does very, very well on his store is product page optimization. So tell me a little bit about your mindset behind this and how you've been able to improve your product pages to the point where they convert like crazy. For sure. For sure. It's it's actually a really, I mean, the mentality, I'm going to talk about the mentality behind it because I'm not going to show my actual store or yeah. show any information like that. But the mentality is it's a slide. Right. So the, the, the customer, just like any sales, you know, whatever you, the customer is on a slide. And when they start and they go to the website and they go to the product page, they're scrolling down the slide. And then the end of the slide is add to cart, right. Or buy. So it, it's not, there's no options. There's not a lot of, it's not what you would call a complicated or a very uh, advanced site necessarily. It's just, it's simple. It has a very few options and the main option is add to cart, right? So to optimize, I mean, I could say some other basic stuff like use bigger letters, make your letters bigger. This is actually <laughs> the first thing I noticed on Ryan's site is that his font size was huge. <laughs> it's um, if you're marketing to like older people in general, one of the easiest like quick conversion hacks that no one ever talks about is just increasing your font size like two or three times um, because older people do honestly have a harder time reading. And if your font is a little bit bigger, it just makes things easier for them. Um, Dude, I'm, I'm only 30 something, 32 or 30, I just turned 32. And I, I still can't read shit. I, I can't read things. I still can't read things. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm not an old person, but I still fall victim to that. Like I, sometimes you just, mm-hmm. what does that say? Like, what, what is that again? You know? And if you have yeah. that, you're out of the, the, the good state of like showing your partner, look at this thing. Did you know? It's like, it ruins the experience. 
Yeah, so this is an immediate trick if you guys are selling to, uh, you know, 30s and up. Just increase the font size. Um, so I'm on, like, Ryan's product pages right now. Um, let's see if we can find anything a little interesting. So did you have a, a period on your site before you had your financing options, like Klarna or Firm or something like that? And yeah, what yeah, kind yeah. of a change did adding financing have for you? It helped. It helped. I was already driving conversions, probably added 15 or 20%, maybe 5 or 10% from, from uh, Viabil and then 5 or 10% from Klarna. And then I also have a, a, a high ticket financing option, but that one um, there it requires like a personal credit check or, or business credit check. So it mm -hmm. doesn't really convert so much. But each one adds a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's worth doing on your site. You should add it if you don't. I don't know if you have it on yours. I think I tried to set it up and then Klarna just never got back to me. Like ever, you know, it's like two months and they didn't uh, reach out to me. And it was the middle of like the pandemic. So I'm sure they got a million emails. But uh, it is something I, think, I need to get set up on all my sites. Yeah, yeah. I think they actually... I don't know if it was Klarna or Viabil. One of them, they stopped taking new applicants for a little while. I'm not sure which one it was. Yeah. One of them. The, um, yeah, there's something to it. There's something to that. Cool. I'm going to give away two of your other secrets, if oh, you don't mind. Sure. So, yeah, so um, especially when you're doing high-ticket products, but even if you're doing lower-ticket um, kind of Amazon products, one thing that customers love or anyone loves is free shit. And so one thing that Ryan does is he gives away an accessory product on all orders over $500. So tell me a little bit more about that, the psychology behind that and how you're using that offer. Sure. When you're, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. It's actually critical, I believe. So when you are working with manufacturers, they're going to have an MAP, right? Uh, kind of a minimum, whatever that stands for. They're going to have their, there you go, right. Minimum advertised price, exactly. They're going to have that. So you're not going to, you're not going to undercut anyone. Like it's just as they, if they find you're selling it under there, then you're, you're okay, whatever. That's all you can do. You can't sell it for a dollar less, you know? So what you do is you take the, the opposite approach is you say, well, how can I make this order? If you're comparing all my competitors, how can I make my site the obvious choice, right? Let's just say, let me use an example, pool tables. I'll use that example. I used to, I was really interested in this market for a while, but I think it's downtrending. So I'm not going to get involved. So I'll use that as an example. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have five websites selling pool tables, right? So let's say they're, you know, let's say the MAP is 1500 bucks, for example. Now let's say all five sites have the same price, the lowest price possible. For and the you manufacturer. can see that on Google shopping too, which will show you the same price for each one. For sure. So what you do is you make sure, well, if I'm going to buy this, what else do I need? Well, I need some sticks. I need some cues, right? I need uh, the little, whatever that little thing is for the balls. Or I don't know. I need extra stuff. I'm going to buy more things for sure. So mm -hmm. why don't I just give you two or three things that you need or the main thing that you need along with the purchase so that I'm the obvious person. So I pay 20 bucks on Amazon for that product. I ship it to them. I just buy it as a gift, mark it as a free gift, right? And then they, whenever they make an order, if they use that coupon code, then I make the purchase on Amazon as a gift and then send it to them. 
So they get the item from the manufacturer and they get the free gift from that I send out. It's a complimentary, complimentary item that goes with that product. And it just makes it a no brainer. It's like, yeah. if you're going to buy that item. And this is great. You know, you don't need to make the item yourself. You just buy them something from Amazon and you right. send it. Right, right. So it's about a $20 value, a little bit under that $20, like $17 to $18, $19 value. But the conversion is, uh, let's say, $400 or $500. So you take like 1%, 2% of your profit and you add that back into the free gift and then you're off to the races. And it's just, it's much better than um, like a coupon code, $10 off or something. Yeah, customers like to feel like they're, they're getting stuff. But it can also help you stand out on Google Shopping. Do you use this? as a promotions in the promotions feed? I have, I'm st yeah, yeah, I know about that, but I haven't used it. I know, I saw it yesterday because, yeah, yeah, I saw that yesterday because uh, I'm working with the free listings. I just installed the Google shopping feed on, on you know, on the, on the app, on the app part. And um, when they, when I installed the feed, I had some technical error. So like my free listings went down. So I'm like contacting the merchant center and I just noticed this promotion thing. <laughs> so I haven't even really like used it, but I, it, it allows you oh to put promote, it allows you to put promotions on your shopping feed, right? On your, on your shopping. Yeah, uh, which is amazing because everyone else just says free shipping, yeah, yeah. free shipping, free shipping, free shipping, free shipping. Uh, right. For me, the biggest effect is when I said when the item might get there. Um, because customers, really? when you're ordering the high ticket stuff, really want to know when is your item going to arrive? I'm going to write this down. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I'm going to check and look at that. So there's like some shoptimized setting because we're both using the same theme that kind of imports that into uh, Google Shopping feed. Um, and usually that's when I talk to customers, that's like a lot of the reasons why they bought from me is because I was the only person that said what day the item might get there. I'm going to test that. Yeah, sure. you know, I have no idea. And then, uh, you know, every time they, they call me, I have to like call the supplier and then see if it's in stock or not in stock. Um, yeah, that's that's a common issue. We, we talked about that a few days ago. Didn't we? We said something or that, that was a shipping issue that you were dealing with. That was something different. Shipping issue has been resolved. The, um, the company that was supposed to deliver the product um, said that it was signed for and delivered and it was not signed for and it was not delivered <laughs> and so they fucked up big and now they need to uh deliver it again and uh called the customer and they were cool with it they just want to know what was happening and mm -hmm. even though they're getting the product a month after they ordered they're like a contractor that doesn't really care and they understand it they were very like understanding and this is a big reason to sell more expensive products is that your customers are actually pretty cool people or like they're understanding about this because a lot of it's B2B for me, like home contractors and stuff like that. They're like, right. um, you know, and that's the thing, though, with the high ticket stuff is you need to call your customers when there's an issue. They expect kind of phone calls. And Ryan is the one that really brought that point home to me. Like, yo, you can't send an email about this. Like, just call the guy. Um, yeah. I even I even figured out how to automate that. My 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 next thing, yeah, my next thing is automating growth. That's my new thing I'm on for the for for the first part of 2021. So I have uh, the site, man. I'm on my computer all day. I'm always doing stuff. Like you know, what I'm saying I'm always here. But the actual work that I put in on this site is real minimal because all the day to day is done by the you know the the people who run the site. I don't run it. I may run it, but I don't operate it on a daily basis. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? 
And this is so, a pretty recent thing for you, right? Like within the last eight months, like getting other people to work on the site before that you were mostly doing for stuff. Two right? years. Yeah. Two and a half years or uh, two years in a few months, give or take, I, I was running it myself. And then, uh, it, it, I grew into having other people run it. It was it was just unbearable. Like I I couldn't handle it anymore. It was, it was I had to do too many things, and it was uh, but it was earning so much cash that it it, it paid for the people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they they run it, and then now my my new thing is automating growth. So that's what I'm on for this quarter. Is I'm gonna the day to day is automated, and then now I'm gonna automate the growth aspect. So it'll be more profitable without me even touching it. All right, give me some of the sneak preview of what you're working on there. It's primarily it's primarily a system, right? So you know, so we're talking about these out, outgoing manufacturing calls, right? So that's the main growth of the site because the site is pretty much once you have it converting, you don't really need to modify it too much. But the growth aspect is really getting in new manufacturers, right? New products, more more things, more buy buttons. Right. Yeah. More, more. Right. So um, what I'm doing is I have a system where the I have a call center now. So they take all the calls 24 seven. And now the call center, I'm going to have outgoing calls. So the call center will call the manufacturers with my script. And then once the manufacturer is accepted, then they are going to send the data to the team and the team will add the products and fill out the forms and all the stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not a bottleneck in the process at all. So it'll just constantly grow. I give them the list of leads. They know what to do. They have the, I'll train them a little bit on sales. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be like that. So I'm really excited about this because I have a few other things in the pipeline and other products I'm working on. So the more I can automate this one, the happier I am. Yeah. So how many products do you think you have on the site right now? Mm, about 2,000. No, 1,500. I think 1,500. But I, I think that what I need to get is a minimum of 10,000. So I think I, it's only 20% of what I want. Yeah, I think I have about... 15,000 at this point. Uh, 15,500, well. uh, 1, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, damn, man. <laughs> but I, could, I could get up to 15,000 this year. We'll see. Um, we Let's set a goal. Let's set a goal that we'll have 15,000 products on the site within uh, by the end of the year at least. Let's do it. All right. You guys heard it here first. Um, so obviously, we're both maintaining pretty large catalogs, and there are a lot of like, issues that come with maintaining large catalogs from multiple different manufacturers, especially when we don't own uh, the products. So what are some things that kind of have come up for you? What are some smarter ways of maintaining this stuff? And what are some things that can maybe go wrong? Well, the the, the biggest problem is inventory. I don't think that's uh, uh, special to this market. I think Across the world, the, the problem right now is inventory. I'm assuming it's the same with Amazon, unless they have a large warehouse of inventory somewhere. But a lot of products um, are just delayed ever since COVID, right? So um, the most important thing that I've found is, number one, what's really cool about this is you can take back orders, right? As compared to maybe Amazon or eBay, they don't really like that very much. So you can take back orders, which can be a huge revenue. You could take it 30 days out, 60 days out. I've taken back orders for even six months out in some cases for like a a really expensive item. I almost threw out my marketplace there (laughs) for a more expensive item. I've I've done that. So you you can. And the third thing I'll 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. When you are taking back orders for six months, do you have them pay first? And Absolutely. Then, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They pay. And then you, what I do is I, I get the payment from the customer. And then if the manufacturer allows back orders, then I pay the manufacturer immediately. So I'm not like holding the cash. That's nonsense because they, they ship out first come, first serve. So you want to get your order placed as soon as possible to guarantee that it gets delivered to the customer as early as possible. Because sometimes yeah. there is five. If you, wait, if you wait on those back orders, sometimes you are at the end of their priority list once they finally get in stock. And if they're working with like big retailers as well, then you're at the end of the line. So you want to place your orders. Immediately. Yeah, as soon as possible. And then the last thing, the third thing is uh, to, this is just like a setting. I'm sure you do the same thing. Manually capture the payment rather than automatically yeah. capture. So you just authorize their card and then you confirm the inventory is available with the manufacturer nine times out of 10 it is unless you're not good with your records you know sometimes there are a few products that sell really well they're out of stock so you have to recommend others to the customer or something like that i'm sure you run into that case this is a key key thing like a lot of times in my niche uh stuff's out of stock so then i have to message them hey what three products do you have that are like close to this one and then call the customer and suggest those hey this one's very close like but it's ready to ship and a lot of times you can even upsell the customer on that because something is is ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, it, 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 the more that you go along the process, the better you get at dealing with it. But most importantly, I found is to not capture the payment until you confirm with the manufacturer. That's the yeah. best best practice. This is also, also what I do. Um, so I think um, a lot of people, I think five different people when I've said, hey, what should I ask Ryan today? And they're like, oh, I want to know what Shopify apps does he use? So that's uh, <laughs> yeah, man. number one Shopify question on all these like interviews. Everyone just wants to know, is there like a secret magic app that's responsible for $2 million in sales? How about this? I'll give you guys a treat. What if I, what if I go down my entire list of apps? Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not, I don't, when I'm doing this, oh, you know what? I can move the video to my second monitor and then I can see. Okay. Now that's weird. Your face is way too big there. Hold on. Let me put it back. <laughs> I have a TV, like a Samsung TV with a second yeah, monitor. Yeah. Too huge. Okay. I'm just going to minimize the video feed and then go over it. So, uh, okay. First one, after ship. So for order tracking. Second one, after ship for returns. Third one is uh, my business bank account connected. That's not really necessary to mention. Uh, fourth thing, a cart animator. So I have something that bobbles the add to cart. Uh, Crush.pix. It's an image optimizer. So it reduces, uh, the, it reduces the um, image size on the files, right? So then 20% less. It increases load times. Mm-hmm. Facebook app, Facebook Messenger app. Feed for Google Shopping, feed for Bing. I'm not using Bing right now, but the feed's here. The feed for Facebook, I'm not really using it, but the app is here. Google app uh, for product reviews, I use judge.me. That's judge.me. Klarna app, I use Klaviyo for email marketing. That's where everything's kept. I don't really use it as much as I should. I'm just going to keep reading them off. There's like maybe seven more. Uh, uh, Lucky Orange. This is really good. I'm sure you use that one for watching okay. the um, the watching the flow of the customers through the site. Um, I use something called OnePlus to sales pop up SMS, and that's where the Wonder Wheel is kept. It, the app is called OnePlus Sales Pop Up. 
Uh, photo resize. This is another photo resizer. Pinterest app, SMS marketing app, but I haven't activated it yet. Uh, the general product reviews app from Shopify, uh, SEO optimizer by Booster Apps. I use something called, this is a really critical one, Signified. This is for fraud protection. They're super, yeah. they're so good, man. They're so good. They, they protect so many against fraud cases. Crazy. Uh, Sticky Cart. Uh, I think this one adds, it adds a cart button at the bottom of the page once you scroll 20% down. I think that's what that one does. Uh, talk.to for live chat, trusted yeah. site for some other benefits, and then the Viabil app. That's all I have. 27 apps in total. Boom. All right. That's if cool. you guys are live in the chat, let us know what your favorite Shopify app is. Yeah, I think I'm using most of these as well. Feed for Google Shopping, I think, is my favorite one because this used to be like a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> and now it's uh, like a five-minute process to get your Google Shopping set up. Um, what kind of do you do any like deeper optimization than maybe some of the automatic stuff? Um, like, do yeah. you go deep into each of the products and and add a bunch of detail? And what do you think is important there? Yeah, definitely. Um, the biggest part is how it shows up in the SERPs, right? So, I mean, on the very bottom, when you have the title tags on the very, very, um, I don't know, it's a Shopify-based site. So I, I don't know if everyone knows that. So you and I, we both use Shopify. Yeah. Um, we're not affiliated with them. I'm not affiliated. I should use them. So if you go on the product page and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, then you want to make sure that your uh, SEO title is correct. There's a certain structure, mm -hmm. right? Product name and SKU. And then underneath that with the product description, then you want to make sure you have a, a call to action there. That's ad copy. You know what I'm saying? That shows up in the SERPs. Like when they, when they type in your product name, they're not mm -hmm. people just like it usually the, 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 um, Default. The default is just the first, you know, yeah, whatever exactly. characters of the product description. But you you want to put specific copy there. So that's where I put my benefits rather than other people. Like order this today and you'll get this bonus along with free shipping and insurance uh, item SKU and then you know it's all detailed there. So I use right. that. Uh, let's see if I can find you in the SERPs. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit tricky now because I got a new developer. I'm working on a new site. Did I tell you about this? I hired. I hired a. Oh yeah, yeah. Man. I hired, it was really interesting. I hired a. So my site when I set it up, my URL was different than like my Shopify URL. Like it was my like my LLC, my LLC name versus my DBA name. It was weird. So I um. So I uh, what did I do? So I, I, so what I, yeah, yeah. So it was a weird situation. So the, the SEO wasn't so good on the site. So I was like, man, this, I don't like this. I'm not getting enough. The PPC is converting really well, but I was getting like literally zero search traffic, literally. So like, right, let me see if I can find another solution. So I found these guys out in the UK and they're redoing the whole site. And I started getting uh, SEO traffic. They, they index every, they, they had an app for what they did in Shopify. And then Shopify banned their app from the app store because they said that it was give them, it would give their customers an unfair advantage. Yeah, that's some good marketing right there. Like now I want this app. <laughs> right? So, so I was like, all right. I was like, it's pretty expensive. But I was like, all right, let's, let's give it a go. I see a lot of reviews, testimonials. I'll give it a go. And then it, it's working. I mean, the developers are a little, I'm working with the developers, but the back end, searches are, are, are much higher. The page rank is so much higher than it was before. 
I mean, I'm, maybe I'm up like 500 or 800% on search traffic, which is not huge, but in two months, it's enough. Yeah. It's good growth. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, man. Cool. So when you move on from your Netherlands penthouse and you've achieved everything you wanted in business, what's the next step? Man, everything that I'm thinking about is contextual in like the way the world is right now. So I think it's a bit crazy. So I want to be somewhere like warm and my own land. <laughs> like, you know, I... I'm really into this kind of Joe Rogan style, like have my own encampment and have like people coming and going all the time that I'm close with and, and have like a podcast studio or just something, make content. That's what I'm, that's what I'm working on right now is creating that sort of life. Cause the, the, the governments of the world are just too crazy these days, man. It's too much for me to be like, I don't support this nonsense. <laughs> like I don't support these things. So I don't want to be uh, affiliated too strongly with, with any of them. I want to just have my own land, a little plot somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ryan was telling me about his dreams for Kona coffee plantation. <laughs> in yeah, Hawaii. yeah. That's, that's the step. That's the thing. I'm afraid to say it live because people might steal my idea. I don't care. Go ahead. Steal if you want. But I, I think that <laughs> Coda Coffee, I think is uh, I think coffee is a great market. And but but most importantly, it's warm and beautiful, crazy weather year round and clean air. And so uh yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I have some I have a vision for it. I think it'll be a nice little compound, movie theater, you know, sauna, it'll have a nice few buildings on it. It'll be good. Cool. Yeah, I'm first in line to buy some coffee. So fuck yeah. Or, yeah, 